This is a 2003 original. New York City, specifically Manhattan, is really close to my heart. It's close to my heart because while I was born in Toronto in 2003, I moved to New York in 2007, and so I essentially grew up there. And when living in New York, probably because I was a youngster, I unfortunately wasn't paying attention to the growing tech ecosystem. The closest I think I got to entrepreneurship was probably a lemonade stand I started on Broadway, but um, that's a story of its own. But here's what I do remember about New York. The city just screams world-class in every way. World-class restaurants, world-class dwellings, world-class museums, world-class parks, and even world-class Whole Foods locations. Shout out to the Columbus Circle Whole Foods. And so as you would expect, the startup community in New York is also world-class. This is City Market Fit, a show about startups and the cities that make them, told in seven to 10 minute episodes every Thursday. I'm Campbell Barron, and welcome to New York. So, like I said at the top of the show, New York's startup community is just world-class. The city boasts over 9,000 startups, and to support those companies are a wide range of top-tier accelerators, incubators, and venture capitalists all interested in the next big idea. But this vast ecosystem New York startups harness today wasn't always that vast. While there were a few hackers working on tech-related projects in New York going as far back as even the 50s, the New York City tech ecosystem as we know it really didn't kick off until the dot-com boom. So the dot-com boom in the late 90s and early 2000s resulted in a lot of internet startups to settle in the Flatiron District of Lower Manhattan, earning that region the nickname Silicon Alley. And more often than not, those tech companies had ties to other big industries in New York. Take the media industry, for instance. An example of this would be, well, you probably remember it, America Online or AOL. You've got mail. If you think about AOL as a media company, they're partnering with New York Times and they're partnering with all of these brands that are in New York City, and I think... This is the voice of Matt Hartman. Matt is a New York-based venture capitalist at Betaworks Ventures. Betaworks is a startup studio accelerator and venture firm looking for big ideas in the consumer tech space. However, if we go back in time pre-2008, Matt told me that the NYC startup scene was nowhere near as developed as it is today. If you want to do a startup in New York, there were ways to do it. It just wasn't that obvious to somebody. Like, you really had to, had to seek it out. If you look at the connectivity of New York, everybody knew each other. It was very dense, very densely connected. And everyone was investing with everybody else. So if you look at the, the investments in startups themselves, lots, you'd see lots of VCs that were working with each other. I think then if you fast forward to kind of 2008, um, you know, a lot of companies get started. Betaworks got started in 2008. People who were trying to bring together the ecosystem and just, you know, and it was a put your arms around the ecosystem. It was a small set of VCs, a small set of founders. It wasn't this cool thing to do at the time. Some people say the turning point was when the Facebook movie came out. Everyone was like, oh, startups is startups are cool now. And, and Whether the social network movie did cause a turning point may be up for debate. But right around this time in 2011, the NYC startup scene was on the upswing. So how does this happen? How do you go from like little to no interest in New York from a tech perspective to essentially a ton of successful companies being built? 
So in doing research for the show, this is how I've essentially noticed how particular startup ecosystems grow. A few pioneers do something bold and start a tech company in their own region. That tech company, of course, hires employees and it grows, and if all goes well, it gets acquired. Now, some of those early startup employees have pocket change because they cashed out their stock options. One starts a venture fund, another founds a startup, a few angel invest, and then that cycle repeats itself. Sure, most startups don't work out, but that's okay. Once a few have scaled or gotten acquired or IPO'd, that's what really counts. Then, incubators, VCs, and startup bootcamps all come to town, and before you know it, what simply started with a few local companies grew into a larger-than-life ecosystem. I mean, I was at a company in 2010 called Hot Potato, which um, this guy Justin Schaefer started. We sold the company to Facebook. A couple of people, he went, and one other person went out to Facebook, and then other people, one person started a fund, another person started uh, Skillshare, another person joined GroupMe. I mean, there was just these, another person co-founded Giphy. It's a set of people who then started to do their thing, and that, it, I didn't realize how fast that changes. And how fast the New York startup ecosystem changed can only really be appreciated by the big startup success stories in town. Ten years ago, Betaworks was the only place to go for consumer tech. I mean, the, like there was there were not a lot of people who were focusing on consumer software, social media software generally. And now there's a bunch of great founders who've built a whole bunch a whole bunch of different kinds of products. I mean, you've got you know, Giphy and GroupMe and Tumblr and just the number of people who are good just in that one little sector. However, as the New York City startup ecosystem grew in scale, Matt noticed something. He noticed that there were increasingly a greater number of purely technical companies, companies that would have typically been started in Silicon Valley, being started in New York. And one of those companies was MongoDB. I'll keep this explanation quick because what makes MongoDB great is something that mostly engineers would appreciate. I also don't fully understand it, to be honest. But here goes nothing. Databases. MongoDB was a big deal, partly because you could start a public company that was a technical company in New York City. Now you have companies like Hugging Face, which are machine learning companies, that, and, and, a, and a whole bunch of companies that are not just putting sales offices and advertising, you know, ad sales offices in New York, but putting engineering offices. Facebook put an engineering office. Google has engineering in New York. And so I think that's starting to, that's, that's going to pay dividends to the number of the kinds of companies you can start in New York. And those dividends have already come to fruition. New York is increasingly becoming a more technical place, which means as the ecosystem grows further, you probably won't need to be in San Francisco to get your self-driving car startup off the ground. And if you actually just think about how fast that tech landscape changed, it's quite amazing. However, even though the tech scene has grown up and has scaled, one of the great things about New York that still remains true today is how the city is not only about tech. Yeah, I mean, New York is fun. There's, there's a lot to do. It's also not only about tech. So it's nice to be able to go meet people who are doing lots of different things and and to 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 talk to what I a lot of people think of as kind of normal people who are not spending all the time coding and thinking about the next startup. They just are trying to figure out the problem in front of them. And that problem in front of them can be solved in the form of a startup, of course, with resources that just quite frankly didn't exist 20 years ago in New York. So in your mind, what are some of the advantages in regards to building a company in New York? The number of VCs that you have, the number of founders, the number of events you can go to, 
you know, the New York tech meetup used to be 20 people or something, and now it's fills this whole auditorium. The so I think it's almost become both. It's proliferated, but it's also uh, it, it's also just become much more accessible. There's uh, resources at every level of the ecosystem. There's now not only a few angels you can go to. There's place. There's groups of people who are angel investors just getting together to talk to each other. It's not just one angel group. There's uh, not just one group of founders who've raised capital at the seed stage. There's like you know 50 of them, and I think that those kinds of resources just having a whole any given person has their own network and it doesn't necessarily overlap with everybody else's is i think extremely valuable you've been listening to city market fit from 2003 media to stay up to date with our latest shows and announcements check out our mailing list that's all on our website at 2003media.com the fantastic music you've heard throughout this episode is by Affex Twins, Uncle Skeleton, and additional tunes by Trent Renzer, Trevor James, and Lo-Fi. You can catch new episodes of City Market Fit every Thursday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your shows. We also have an Amazon Echo skill. To use it, just say Alexa Open City Market Fit, and that means that you can listen to our latest episode while you make your breakfast. Finally, if you enjoyed the show, we would really appreciate it if you could tell a friend. Doing that helps new listeners discover the show. I'm Campbell Barron, and thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.